Hashtag Wanderlust with Tim Go only on Money FM 89.3. Time for hashtag Wanderlust right here on your lunchtime today. And we are talking about traveling that we cannot do because of COVID-19. But today we are focusing more on the impact to the travel industry, the airlines, the hotels, even the travel uh, tour services uh, sector. Joining me right now is... Uh, Tao Hai Lin, Consumer and Retail Analyst at Fitch Solutions, to talk about the numbers and how this will all uh, affect uh, the industry as a whole. First of all, uh, welcome to uh, Hashtag Wanderlust, uh, Tao Hai. Let's talk about the overall impact to tourism. How bad uh, will COVID-19 be or how bad is it today? Right. So at Fitch Solutions, we've actually revised down our forecasts for tourist arrivals across the globe. And uh, depending on the country, it's actually gone down by um, half or even more to 60, 60, 70% for some countries and mm-hmm. more for, for others. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty bad. And I think uh, as a consumer and retail analyst, um, tourism is actually the one of the most hard-hit um, industries in, in the world right now because that is um, essentially stopped. International travel is uh, essentially stopped. Um, by the pandemic. Okay, uh, so international travel, I think we it's, it's safe to say it won't be back to a certain level until probably 12 more months or more, right? Sorry? International travel won't be back to the post uh, pre-COVID level for another, well, 12 months or even more than that. Yeah. Um, so In general. We, so, yeah, so the, the, the way for the travel sector to get out of this, uh, I, I think, ultimately does require... Um, the vaccine to happen because that's the only surefire way to ensure that uh, people are confident enough to travel to different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because especially since a lot of different countries uh, have had different levels of success in containing the virus. So um, to open up global travel would require that, uh, that there's, a, there's a vaccine. And it doesn't seem as if we're going to be having a vaccine um, anytime soon. Uh, and, and even if we are, it will still take time for manufacturing to ramp up and for people to get the vaccine and, and, and uh, develop that immunity before before we expect the sector to recover. Okay, now let's uh, talk about any kind of traveling. So domestic tourism was one of those things that were brought up uh, a couple of weeks ago that could be viable to keep the industry alive. But now what we're seeing is that in some countries, uh, even interprovincial or interregion travel is still very much restrictive. Yeah. Um, so it, it, again, that depends on uh, which which country um, actually allows for interprovincial travel. Again, uh, depends very strongly on whether they have managed to control the virus very well. So in China, for example, mm-hmm. it's, it's slightly better than let's say in India. So in India, um, they have only just been uh, allowing interprovincial travel, but even then. Uh, they still have quite strict uh, night curfews and, and things like that. They are not very conducive uh, for, for domestic travel or tourism. So, uh, yeah, in, in that sense, uh, domestic tourism is always uh, possible. And it, uh, I think one, one way forward is, is uh, something that China has done, which is to give out tourist vouchers to uh, its population uh, in, in various provinces. The mm-hmm. governments have already started launching um, these initiatives and uh, it, it, in that sense, uh, giving a tourist voucher is always better than giving cash because, especially in Asia, a lot of uh, consumers actually save a large amount of their income. So 
uh, if you give people cash, the, the tendency in a, in a crisis is that you will see consumer savings. So uh, giving a tourist voucher would be one of the ways, I think, to, to boost that kind of consumption. Okay, now we you've been talking about the China market. Let's talk about the U.S. market because as the weeks go by, we've been hearing reports from the TSA saying that the passenger numbers going through screening is going up in in terms of air travel, that is. And I think in the U.S., interstate travel is not as restrictive as other parts of the world. Is that a model that uh, some of these countries in the Asia-Pacific can be looking at, or is there still risk in doing that? Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, definitely that's one model that can uh, actually be, be replicated in, in Asia, if especially uh, in, in, in Asia, I think it, it, you can go one step further, actually. So mm. Some of the countries that actually have uh, good virus control measures and they have very good um, virus tracing measures, so um, China, South Korea, um, New Zealand, and hopefully Singapore, Singapore as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So So these countries hopefully would be able to um, have green pass, uh, what they call green lanes or green bubbles between each other, so that um, there's at least some amount of travel, business travel, and, and maybe some leisure travel as well between these countries, where they can guarantee that uh, the, the virus doesn't spread um, in um, from from imported cases in that sense. Okay, let's talk about the airline industry now, because we've got a lot of problems, especially with some of the airlines who are already in 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 in, in hardship even before this uh, COVID nineteen crisis hit. What will happen to to airlines like Avianca and Latam and Thai Airways? Uh, will they be able to survive? We we heard Cathay Pacific, for example, the Hong Kong uh, government is pumping in a lot of money to keep it afloat. But what about these other airlines that I mentioned? Yeah, so uh, definitely whether the companies survive would depend very much on whether they are backed by investors and by, by again, by governments who have the, the cash flow to, to stop them from failing. Um, at this solutions, we don't uh, necessarily predict which companies uh, are going to survive and which are not. That, that is not uh, what we do. But um, we, we do think in, in general that if you, are a comp- if you are a state carrier that is supported by the government and that, that the government is not... Um, is, 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 is not willing to let you fall, then you would be in a much better position than compared to um, other uh, companies that do not have that, that sort of backing from investors or from governments. So, so that, that, that's the sort of uh, stance that we are, we are seeing. What are airlines to do then individually that could perhaps uh, be able to save the brand so that when, when things get back to normal, they can easily uh, mount their flights back to normal levels? Right. So this this it, it, it's hard, but um, I, I guess like like you said, um, domestic since domestic travel is one is one such possibility. Then at least um, as countries open up uh, the domestic air travel, then these carriers can 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 continue to fly these routes uh, at probably a reduced capacity or at uh, reduced frequencies. But at least um, they're they're still uh, operating. They're still paying out their wages to to the pilots, and they're still. Uh, at some level of operational, uh, uh, at, at a certain operational level, right? So, so that's I think the way um, forward that that they can they can do. And the second thing that that I guess uh, uh, these uh, airlines have to do is is to really really manage the cash flow well mm-hmm. to, to ensure that they actually survive this this entire um, um, six to twelve months, as as as, as, as you said. 
or it might, it might even be longer than that. Hopefully not, but it might even be longer than that. So I think these are the two things that uh, com- companies need to do. What about hotels? Uh, we've been seeing hotels being used as places for quarantine just to keep them going. Uh, will this be enough to tie them through this uh, difficult situation? Uh, of course, it depends on, on, on individual countries, depending on the sort of the percentage share of, uh, of, of tourism contribution to hotel occupancy rate. So uh, countries that rely very, very heavily on, on tourist arrivals, like uh, like the, the, the smaller island states, uh, Bahamas, uh, Madagascar, and, and um, the Maldives, these, mm-hmm. um, obviously, you can't rely on, on um, domestic tourists uh, or, or quarantine. Yeah, but these uh, are places well. where they can do social distancing, really, when you think about it. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. So, so that's uh, that's uh, so for for these countries, there's, there's not very much you can do. But for a country like China, which actually has a very very large population, but very very small uh, international uh, arrivals every year, then um, the impact would definitely be a lot smaller. So, so I think China has 1.3 billion, um, uh, 1.3 billion population, but each year I think they get anywhere between um, uh, 60 to uh, 200 million. Uh, tourist arrivals. So, so that's a, a, a markedly small uh, it, international arrivals make for a markedly smaller share mm-hmm. of, 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 of total hotel occupancy in that sense. But as you said, as long as there's uh, some sort of revenue going on, it is better than not having anything at all, no, right? No. Uh, what about for tour agencies? How badly will they be impacted at the end of all of this? What could the consequences be for smaller operators even? Right. So uh, again, it, it differs by country. So if you have a con- if you are in a country that happens to have a very strong domestic uh, consumption ability, like like the China, like the US, um, tour operators can still operate. Mm-hmm. So um, in that sense, it would not be so uh, uh, such a such a big uh, impact. But for a country like Singapore, uh, there's actually been a lot of uh, uh, some some of the, the the people we've talked to um, actually they are they're telling us that. It's actually very, very difficult for them to keep themselves afloat, if not for the subsidies that the Singapore government has actually given them to to support their work, uh, to support the hiring um, and, and the maintenance of their workers' wages uh, these past few months. So, if the support stops, um, you would expect that there would be quite serious repercussions with, with probably some um, businesses going bust, um, some tour tour agencies going bust, given that there's essentially no outbound travel from Singapore. That's right. Well, okay, let's uh, wrap this up, uh, Tauhai. Let's let's talk about something positive that may come up of uh, uh, this situation we're in right now. Is there anything from uh, what you've studied so far that you know, maybe give us some hope? Uh, yeah, uh, I, we have actually uh, a solutions actually published a piece, um, not directly, I, I mean, I don't think anybody can solve this issue completely right now, but uh, we, we have, we've seen an opportunity um, mm-hmm. in, in virtual tourism. So, so in, in a sense, uh, if you realize during lockdown, a lot of people had actually uh, gone online for online tours or videos of, of places of attraction. Right. Um, they've gone to listen to, to um, free podcasts from uh, the, the Metropolitan Opera and, and, and other things like that. So there is that, that interest um, in, in visiting somewhere uh, virtually online, and the, and the technology is available in a certain sense uh, via Zoom or, or other sorts of video um, uh, networks to 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 experience that. So, post uh, in, at least in the in the post COVID 
uh, world, we'd expect that there, there might be still some kind of uh, hope that mm-hmm. uh, this would continue, especially um, in terms of uh, the, the, the schools that have actually, the schools can actually organize this, these sorts of tours, uh, virtual tours to, uh, other, to places of attraction in other countries. And uh, these, these, this can be one sort of uh, way where, where, where people can actually uh, uh, visit uh, uh, these places of attraction virtually. So, so um, for example, in Singapore, uh, if, if, a, if a school was, was to off, uh, offer a tour to, let's say, a, a, a virtual tour to a, a factory, a chocolate factory in, in Switzerland, <laughs> <laughs> that would be um, some, some kind of revenue for, for that chocolate factory, okay. uh, which, which would... Which would um, help them tie over in, in these times, I, I think. And actually, you just gave me a good idea here, because when you are virtually traveling to places that uh, you may not physically want to, or not ready to go to yet, it will encourage you more once the situation gets gets back to normal. Yeah, okay. definitely. So so it, it is a sort of a marketing, um, not, not say a marketing gimmick, but it's a, it's a sort of uh, marketing, right? It so, could be um, an effective strategy for the future, yeah. right? So. Yeah. Especially if you if you think about uh, let's say a museum, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, I think most of the museums actually have have ninety percent of their collection um, hidden in a warehouse somewhere that nobody can ever see. Right. What if you took this these collections out? Um, you made a virtual tour of them, but because these these items are not the same items as the ones that you see currently in the museum, there is still that incentive for you to go um, physically to the museum once all this is over, right? So so that's sort of the the Another way um, mm-hmm. um, you, you can have sort of you can drum up that marketing buzz for for for, uh, for a place of attraction or for um, yeah. Different countries and their tourism boards should be thinking of doing more of these uh, marketing strategies or traveling strategies now that, to take advantage yeah. of things when uh, the world opens up again, which we hope will happen soon. Thank you very much, uh, Tao Hai, for joining us here on Hashtag Wanderlust on Money FM. Tao Hai Lin is the consumer and retail analyst for Fitch Solutions. We've been talking there about the difficulties faced by the travel and tourism and as well as the airline industry right here on Money FM 89. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.